1: Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia Podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the Wiley veteran, Dave Decker. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns. Your podcast MVP, Dia Miller.
0: Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazer's Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckard. It is Tuesday evening, August 31st, the end of the month. We are still in the off season. We've got a lot to talk about. Dave, how are you?
1: Well, I'm... Doing pretty well. I think the Blazers made a pretty good move for now anyway with Larry Nance Jr. So it's a good week to be a Blazer fan. Uh the best week of the off season for sure.
0: Which is not a high standard for the Blazers.
1: No, because it was nothing. It was it was like kind of it was
0: nothing vaguely moldy was...
1: cream of wheat before this. I mean Norman Powell being re signed. That was at least with some instant oatmeal. But this is, you know, this is a waffle. I mean it's it's not uh not not too bad. Why do we always
0: end up talking about food? Now I want a waffle.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I so, love waffles. Okay, here we go. Sorry to roll your eyes, <laughs> listeners, but okay. So I take my son to work with me a couple of days a week So because I'm also his online learning coach person. So I want to have him close. And as a treat, we break and we go to next door to the gas station to get stuff. And it's, you know, it's not the healthiest stuff, but it's it's pretty good stuff at this gas station. Anyway, they just got a new breakfast sandwich in. It's a waffle breakfast sandwich. At th- the gas station? At the gas station. And like it's like a big waffle folded in half and they've got a bunch of stuff in there. I'm not sure exactly what it is because this thing is about the size of, I don't know, a, a McDonald's hamburger bun, like around, but it's 1,120 calories. Oh. so Yeah, no, 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 nobody's... <laughs> Nobody's getting that waffle sandwich because that would be gone in like three bites, and I'm pretty sure it would kill me.
0: Oh my goodness! I personally like my waffles on a plate without being part of a sandwich.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Although but, we should point out chicken and waffles is a thing. I mean, that's a thing in the south. Yeah,
0: I I don't like it though. I'll eat the chicken and I'll eat the waffles. Like, even in the same sitting, but not in the same bite. It's that's too much for me.
1: Okay. So, you just have to pretend you're having breakfast and dinner at the same time.
0: Yeah. I don't like my food to touch in general. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like, have you seen those plates that you give little kids their food where there's like separation? I feel like I need a grown up version of that because <laughs> I do not like when my foods touch on my plate, I like my food separate. I'm not one of these people who just, I, I remember watching my grandpa eat as a kid and he would just mix. It didn't matter if the food went together or not. He just mixed it all together. And like, there it was. And I just can't. No, no, nope. So grandpa just, scarred
1: it, you for life with his mixy foodie thing.
0: Yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm not that adventurous. I can't, I okay.
1: can't. So I, I don't, I'm generally with you, although I don't mind if my food touches, but I generally think separately, except for sometimes I'll do, I'll make it like a bowl. Like, uh, Mashed potatoes and bacon and corn and maybe something else in there. A chili or something like in a bowl. That's pretty good. Chili?
0: mashed potatoes and corn all the same. No. Yeah, that's, no, it's Dave. good. No. Or um,
1: like a Korean rice bowl. Those are good. Like with all kinds of vegetables I mean it's, and beef. It's and one thing
0: if it's something that's made to go together. Like you get rice and vegetables and meat and you eat that together. And you can buy that at a restaurant. Like that's a thing. Right. That's one thing. But it, when you just start throwing random ingredients and they're like chicken and waffles, like those two things are not meant to be eaten in the same bite.
1: So we know you don't belong in the South. We also know you don't belong in the Midwest. <laughs> West because they throw all kinds of rando things together and call it hot dish or casserole if you're fancy. Yeah, let's and, be honest, uh, I don't, I don't your...
0: belong anywhere when it comes to my food taste. I belong in first grade at a D- birthday party. Dia's
1: over in the corner eating her macaroni separate from the cheese. She's like eating <laughs> eating the macaroni and then snorting the cheese powder.
0: No. It's not it's not like that. Those things go together. That's like a noodle with a sauce. That's one thing. But like you're talking about like corn and potatoes and bait like no, no. And chili too. I no. Mm, no. Okay. Just
1: chili me- and potatoes is good. And then the corn adds a little bit of like sweetness to it. And then the bacon adds some crunch and salt. It's good. Okay. Anyway. Look,
0: I just like I just like to taste each of my foods individually. That's it. That's all it is for me. I just just I wanna so- enjoy each piece of it.
1: Long story short, Larry Nance is not a bacon acquisition, but he's a waffle, <laughs> at least. He's a, he's a waffle for a real, real I nice I like waffle. waffles
0: better than bacon. I'm happy about this trade uh, or this acquisition. You know, it's interesting because when it broke, I was, Twitter now has what they call Twitter spaces where you can go, it's right. kind of like Clubhouse and you can go in and like chat and have discussions. And so I happened to be in one of those when that news broke. And they were asking me what I thought. And I was just like all over the board with it. I couldn't quite like, I I didn't know how I felt about it. And now that I've sat with it, I'm getting excited. I kind of feel, Dave, like we're back to last year before the season started where I was like, guys, we're going to win a championship. I kind of like, I know that Larry Nance Jr. by himself is not going to win the Blazers a championship. I get that. I'm not completely delusional. Like, I understand how this works. But like when I start thinking about this and I start thinking about like the pieces that we need and and what we were missing last year and what needs to happen in order to make this happen and the fact that we actually did really have some good skill last year I'm just I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited, Dave. I'm getting excited.
1: Okay. So Portland, this is just Portland fan idis. I mean, you are just the <gasps> archetype of the Blazers fan. Before we knew or I knew that divorce was in my future. We made the big step of getting a dog, actually two, you know, uh, mostly for my son, because, you know, boy and his dog, and actually he loves them. But I still have two dogs, but there's no one to walk them besides me and no one to do anything. The long story short, is I end up leaving them in the backyard much of the day. We have a big backyard, so it's okay. They they enjoy it. But you would think that they would go crazy or they would not like it or whatever, especially since they're ba- black labs. They're kind of big, but they pop around and enjoy it. But I will get home late at night from work, And we have these, you know, Alpo piece of crap treats that we give them, you know, and and to get them in their cage. So I will grab one of those for each of them take him downstairs, give them a little pat on the head and gave them a little square treat and they are happy as clams. It's been a good day for them. I don't like them, where this analogy is going, Dave. that's all I gave them. <laughs> and Blazer fans are exactly, this is what Neil Olshay does every <laughs> summer with Blazer fans. Here, it's an Alpo treat. Aren't you no. glad I came to see you? Here you go. Now, no. again, Larry Nance is, a, is special. He might be people food, you know, so I mean, it's a better day than usual, but this is exactly what happens. Yep, yep, yep. This is good. This is good. And, I know. I I know that i know that about blazer fan i know that but about. but you can't help it I, can you i know
0: well and here's the thing dave i you know this this the last few months i've gotten so realistic i i put down the rose-colored glasses neil and o'Shea I, left
1: I, you out in the backyard I, for a week
0: I, <laughs> I put the unicorns in their stables like i was i was being a little realistic i was being almost borderline negative at times And, and all it took was, was a shiny Larry Nance. And now I'm like, yay. I I mean, I truly, I don't know how many of my friends have just tried to talk me off the cliff. Even my friends that are not Blazer fans are like, Dia, it's, it's going to be fine. Like, let's look at this. Let's look at the situation at hand. Let's come back down. And I don't know if that's more about just wanting me to be happy (laughs) or, or a reality. But I think, you know, it, it is it's hard to deny the fact that it's not going to be hard for you to deny the
1: fact It's hard oh, for me Ouch. De-
0: <laughs> it's de- hard for me to deny the fact that we have, you know, a, a, a roster that at the beginning of last year, I was pretty high on. And now uh, part of our, okay, stop laughing, Dave. Uh, let me get through this. No, I'm not I'm laughing our-
1: <laughs> with you. I'm not laughing at you. This is just delightful.
0: I part of our, part of our struggle Last season was our bench. Our bench couldn't keep up. It was part of it. I'm not saying it was all of it, but it was part of it. Our bench couldn't keep up. So improving the bench is a good thing. And I am back, baby.
1: (laughs) You are. Yeah. Okay. So, um, improving the bench, you just blew. I had other things to say, but you just blew my mind there. Uh, (laughs) lost Ennis Cantor, lost Carmelo Anthony, whom you loved. Right. Derek Jones Jr., I mean, the Nance is an upgrade there. So, lost those three players and replaced them with Larry Nance Jr., who is probably better for the Blazers than any of them.
0: Right. And like four
1: minimum salary players. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure that they. Okay, but things the like, for
0: instance, for instance, Inez Cantor and Melo together, not the best. I love Inez. Correct. I love Melo. I think they're great players. They're great people, whatever. But them together wasn't great. That was a problem we had. So there are things like that that I think maybe this is going to be, even though, again, if you just if you just look at, like, an individual Cantor, an individual Mello, an individual Derek Jones Jr., like, if you look at them individually and then you look at the ones we got individually, you could maybe make an argument that it's not a big upgrade. But I think when you look at them as a cohesive unit that will be playing together... I think we might be onto something here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they lost a lot of scoring power off the bench because Nance Jr. is not a scorer. I mean, you're you're depending a lot on Anthony Simons, basically. Ben Mclemore has proven to be dependable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to get a <laughs> shot at least. Maybe it depends on how they swing uh, Norman Powell and whether they give him backup shooting guard minutes or what goes on there. Okay. In any case, on the upper bench, anyway, you probably lost some scoring power. But you definitely gained defense, which was not there before. So And that's, we need that. Yeah, that's one of the things that Nance does well. Uh, another is, I think you gained a more cohesive team player than either of those three were. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, Anthony had sneaky old man brains. So, I mean, that at least, he knew what to do and he, he did okay, right? But Nance already has those brains as a much younger guy and also has more ability to carry out whatever his brain synapses are flashing to him on the court. So he passes well. He'll work well in, you know, pick and roll. Uh, he sets good screens. So he's he does a lot of things really well. That's good. That's going to be to the positive. And I, I think Larry Nance Jr. is better individually than any bench player the Blazers had last year individually. The big asterisk is, can he stay healthy? And if he's not healthy, and keep in mind, uh, he's never played 70 games in a season, and the last two seasons, he's played much less. If he's not healthy, that bench, I mean, it doesn't exist now at this point. Cody Zeller, Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, those are your next three players, right? So if Nance Jr. can't play, who's going to step up and step in?
0: But you can say that essentially about anyone. Well, we, This is a great team if Dame stays healthy. Well, but Dame Dame
1: plays if- mostly. I mean, Dame doesn't. Sure, Dame usually misses a few games every year. But with Nance Jr., it's been a chronic issue. Injuries yeah. are part of his story, and that's yeah. part of why he was traded for what you know what was relatively inexpensively. Uh, we can talk about the value of a first round pick in a minute, but. Really, Derek Jones Jr. on the last year of his contract and this year's coming first round pick, which you'd forecast hopefully to be lower mid round, you know, lower mid to lower first round. That's not a big price for a player of Larry Nance's caliber. Cavaliers certainly wouldn't have done that for the Larry Nance they hoped they were getting when they traded for him. The reason that he came relatively cheaply is because he has been injured. Uh, So we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I'll say a couple more things about this. One, I think that I speak for a lot of Portland fans in saying we love a player who loves us. We, as Portland fans, always love people who want to be in Portland. I've said this before. I know other people, other Blazer fans have said this before. When someone says, like, for instance, this was a point with Ben Simmons. When someone says, I don't want to play in Portland, Portland fans are like, fine, we don't want you anyway. And so, and I I have been guilty of that. Swipe left, Um, swipe left. Yep. Yeah. So I think with Larry Nance Jr. hearing that he wanted to be here, that's a really cool thing. I think he's going to be one of these guys that Portland fans are going to love as far as him as a person he's going to fit really well I will also say that my initial gut reaction to this was not as positive as I am now my initial gut reaction to this was dame has talked loudly about needing to be convinced to stay basically needing to have moves to stay and so when you hear that and then this is the move that gets made you're kind of like this isn't really what i was thinking like this wasn't where i was going with this that being said i don't love giving up the first round pick that's not i'm not a huge fan of that but that being said the fact that they gave up a first round pick tells me that they're focused on the win now and not on the future I also like there was a quote and I I don't know if I can pull it up fast enough, but there was a quote that Larry Nance Jr. said his team knew that he was in a situation where he wanted to win now and they put him in a place where that was a possibility. So he's saying that he sees that that's a possibility. And I like that regardless of how realistic it is or not. I like the attitude. I like hearing that that's a positive thing for me. So I think there's I think there's a lot of positive here. I acknowledge the fact that it's maybe not what we were all hoping for and and waiting for. But at the same time, the longer this has soaked in and the more that I've thought about it, the more excited I am about it. I think it's a good move. I also think it's good that we're seeing national media saying that it is a good move for the Portland Trailblazers. That can't hurt unless it's Shaq. (laughs)
1: don't give me start on Shaq well realistically though compared to the Cavaliers 30 wins is win now I mean so he's definitely in a better situation but to your point this is really a no-fault contract for the Blazers because Nance only has one year remaining it's a declining contract so he'll make next year what Derek Jones Jr. was making this year 9.7 million Even if Dame leaves, they're not going to be stuck with Larry Nance Jr. If they don't want to be, that contract is probably tradable next year. Or even if it isn't, you go through one year and he comes off the books. So it's a typical Neil Olshey move that way. There's not going to be a huge downside to it. The question is, like you say, is it going to do enough? And there there are rumors out there, and I think you know they're not uncredible that the Blazers were going for Lori Markinen, the guy who got traded from Chicago to Cleveland. That would have been an interesting move as well, but that would have been a longer-term contract, and obviously there would have been no defensive improvement there, but he would have been more of the, this player's going to stick around, and whether Dame leaves or stays, he's going to be a super valuable piece, or at least as valuable as he was when you traded for him. Nance probably isn't that. If Dame leaves, eventually Nance will probably be out the door too, unless he signs for really cheap. But that's okay. That kind of flexibility, whether Dame stays or Dame leaves, that actually helps in a way. You're not burdened down by contracts that you, that you don't want to have. I, I like it. I, I, there's nothing not to like about it except for, again, you know, I likened it in the, the post I wrote about it to the Blazers using their credit card. That's the first round pick. And they threw it in because that's what it cost. That's what it costs to get one of those players. They didn't throw it. I'm not sure they made a philosophical decision as much as an economic one that if we're going to get a player of Nance's caliber or of Markkinen's caliber, we got to give up a first round pick. So that's what they did. It's next year's first round pick, which they anticipate. Hopefully it's lottery protected, obviously, but they think if, if ever there's going to be a pick that's low, it's going to be next year's. They're only going to go up in value as you go along. So that's the one to give up. Sure. At the same time, we talked about this earlier. They've got very little in the pipeline. And now they didn't have a first-round pick this year. They're not going to have a first-round pick next year if things stay as they are. That pipeline is not getting filled up. And it's sure not getting filled up with these minimum-level signings. And I don't know how much we trust Greg Brown, (laughs) but if the glass is half full, it's half full, plus a millimeter or two maybe at this point. He's going to have to show a lot more if he's going to fill it up. So – they did the same thing. They just did it more. They keep hoping it'll work out. Nance is another one like Covington, who's an example of how it could and might. But Covington, as well as he worked out individually, didn't change the fortunes of this team. If Nance doesn't either, it's awful hard to charge this and call it a fantastic move. It's just a move that won't have a ton of consequences.
0: Oh, Dave, you're killing me.
1: No, I it's, a, it's a good excited. move. It's just Is that
0: what that meant? Yeah. It's a good well, I mean, I was given the shadow
1: side to what you said, but it's a good move. Yeah. It's just yeah. not a different move.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of leads us into the discussion that's happening right now. I mean, unless there's anything else you want to say about
1: No, his, I mean you're gonna love stupidity. watching him. I'm gonna love watching him. He's he's a really yeah. good fit in Poorly. Markinen would have been too, by the way. You would have really loved his catch and shoot. I mean, Markinen I think would have really prospered in Portland because he's going to get some wide open shots. That would have been fun. Now the defense, oy, but I mean, you want to turn up the offense, which also, I mean, we should mention that it's a little bit of a weird thing. If they were going for him and they're preaching defense, defense, we got to improve the defense. And then maybe you almost traded for a guy who just doesn't play any. I mean, that's, but we don't
0: know that we don't know that that was a thing. It, it could have been a rumor. We it don't know. could have been, uh, but what I, mm-hmm. but I will say, I'm glad that's not what happened for me at this point. I'm glad to see some emphasis being put on defense. I think that that's important. And I think that that it's exhausting when every time they add someone, it's like, yeah, but they're really good on offense. Okay. So now our goal is shoot 300 a game. Like we have got to play some defense. And so I'm excited to see that from him. And I, I think that this is promising to me.
1: Yeah. But okay. Let's examine this too, though. Where does Nance play? I guess I guess you're gonna use him to back up Nurkic somewhat, which he can do, frankly. He's six seven, but he's played the center. Because Covington is a really good defender. He's more of a position slash, you know, or a rather system slash help defender. He's not gonna be fantastic one on one, although he's good. Nance Jr. is the same way except he has busier hands. I don't think Nance Jr. is a stopper, but He's really good at covering the floor, and he brings a wrinkle that Covington doesn't, frankly. That said, they're both power forwards. It's arguable that the two best defenders on your team now play the same position. Now, you say, well, Nance Jr. brings more defense to the bench, but who else is playing? Other, I mean, Cody Zeller, yeah, 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 but I mean, I guess Nasir Little... But now, who's going to score in that front court? And if you put scorers in the back court to balance that, those back court players don't play defense. So it's not a seamless fit, even though Dance is kind of a Swiss Army knife defensively that way. It's going to be nicer the more different positions he can play. But I don't think he plays small forward. I think that he. Spend some spot times at center and play him with Covington and hope for a lot of scoring in the backcourt and that two defenders on the floor is enough to cover it. I don't know. They have a lot to prove still. I would say.
0: I mean, two is better than one.
1: Well, that's right. And mean, it's not going to be. It's not going to be worse than as you point out, Carmelo and Enes Kanter. I mean, right, right. So right. hey.
0: So that kind of brings us to to more rumors. You know, I, I think we do a pretty good job on this podcast of of moving along. We try not to stay stuck on one thing for too long, you know, things come up quickly and we move on. But the Ben Simmons trade has been recirculating now that he's come out and said he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. There's, you know, obviously speculation about that. The big one that we're hearing is Ben Simmons for Dame. I'm just going to start this conversation by saying it's not going to happen. Damian Lillard is not leaving Portland right now. This is not a trade that I think has any actual reality behind it. But I'm going to let you speak on this because you said you your mind has changed a little. I still think Ben Simmons for Dame is a no-go. I do want to talk about Ben Simmons for CJ, but I want you to, to go first with Dame.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree it's not going to happen, at least not right now. And I think Ben Simmons really goes elsewhere because I don't think Ben Simmons wants to come to Portland. But look, when we talked about before, this was before free agency, before the summer, it's pretty evident right now that the Blazers are stalled. And I'm not saying there's not going to be any more moves, but we have no indication that they're going to move CJ for anything or anyone else for anything, frankly. And... They've got two contracts coming up in Yusuf Nurkic and Robert Covington that are expiring. And as we talked about last time, they're going to be up against the salary cap and luxury tax next year, which is why it's really important to get below that tax this year. So there's a lot of moving parts going on that make it seem like this team is not going to stay intact no matter what. Now, the thing that would have changed that is if they could have swung a big move to change its fortunes, and now all of a sudden it's worth spending all that money for, I don't see that having happened. So you know what? I think if I were the Blazers, I'd do this. And I would take Simmons and I would take draft picks and I would run. And by the way, I want later draft picks. I I don't want Philly's draft pick next year. I want it three years down the road, right? I want it four years down the road. And I want their first rounders and I want them lightly protected, if at all. And if they'll do that to dump Simmons and I can get later first round draft picks and I can get Ben Simmons for the next few years, I do it. I do it because I don't think they're going to save Dame. I do it because I I think it's going to be harder once he makes that trade demand for them to get a super high quality player for him. And Ben Simmons at least changes your franchise somewhat. Um, And Ben Simmons probably will continue to have trade value. And like I said, you get those picks. I think the Blazers at this point, they, they should make that move. And I don't like it. I'm not sure it makes them better now, makes them different now. I mean, Ben Simmons, C.J. McCollum, Norman Powell, that would actually be pretty interesting. And then you have those two forwards, and then you have Yusuf Nurkic, at least for now. That would be a really interesting mix. And Simmons's lack of shooting threes would show up less, I think, here. So I, I think that it would make at least make this, this season palatable. In the long run, I don't think it's a good move, but it, it might be a better move than just running out the string. So if that were seriously on the table and they would give me enough quality first round picks, I'd do it.
0: I am going to maintain we don't trade Dame. That's where I stand on this. I don't think there's anything you can say that would change my mind. I think the only way that Ben Simmons ends up being a decent fit in Portland is if somehow that becomes a Ben Simmons CJ trade, which I don't love. I have gotten to the point, and I know we've had this, I feel like I've run the gamut this off season of what I think we should do. And a lot of that is just pure panic of we need to do something. What are even our options Um, at this point? I'm I would go as far as to say I don't think CJ is the move. I have another thought in mind as to what we could do, but I don't think it's something we need to get into today. But CJ is not the move in my opinion. I don't think we should trade him. But if we were going to do something for Ben Simmons, the only way I see this working is if we trade if if we make a trade for CJ. And the reason I say that is because I think that Dame and Ben Simmons could essentially pull off a Steph Curry, Draymond Green type thing where Dame's playing off the ball a little bit more. And, and you see that kind of a model. I don't think Ben Simmons can do that with CJ. And I think that that is just not quite the same thing. I don't know. I just think it would be interesting to see that combination. I would kind of like to see Ben Simmons and Damian Lillard do a, a Steph Curry, Draymond Green type thing. I was someone who said I kind of wanted to see Draymond Green in Portland. So it, I think if, if you're on that bus, it's <laughs> not a saying, if you're on that bus, yeah, that we're going to call it one. <laughs> if you're on that bus of, of Draymond Green, Green then line. I think, I think Draymond Green and, and Ben Simmons are a similar bus route at this point. And I think that, that, that Damian Lillard and, and Ben Simmons would be an interesting Combination. Yeah. Give- I don't know that it could work. There would be some things that would have to adjust. I think, for one, Ben Simmons would have to make some adjustments, and I'm not sure he's willing to do that. So I, I don't know that it would work. I don't, I am not someone that's on board with the Ben Simmons trade it, to the Blazers. I don't think he should, I don't think that's something we should do under any of these circumstances that we're talking about. But that would be the one that I think would make the most sense. I still don't, I don't love it. But I think it's the one that makes the most sense.
1: Yeah. Ben Simmons and Draymond Green are not in the same mental headspace at all. Right. But Simmons' right. Is a lot younger too. Right.
0: Right. But that's that's what I'm saying. There'd have to be some adjustments that I'm not sure could happen.
1: Well, I mean, I obviously I said at the beginning of the summer, I'd do the CJ for Simmons trade. I'm I would say the same thing now. And I would say whether or not Lillard and Simmons could make it work, which is questionable. Simmons, if Lillard leaves, then you still have Simmons who's a viable ball handler. And obviously, the defense would get better. There are a lot of things to like about that. So, yeah, I would do that uh, in a heartbeat. The other thing is, though, if the Sixers would take CJ and a package for Simmons, you also open up a third team. Like, who, if you don't want Ben Simmons, who does want him? And what can they give Portland that Portland might like better? That's also an open possibility if the Sixers would take CJ. And and I don't think that that works as well with Dame because the, the expectations are so much higher. I don't think anybody's going to give super high lottery picks potentially for Simmons at this point. So you can't make that three-way work in the same way. So I would support a CJ trade, obviously. And, I, and again, we'll say the same thing we did before. You have Damian Lillard who's, you know, not a great defender, but can defend if everybody's solid around him. And at that point, everybody else would be. Norman Powell at shooting guard, yes, can defend well enough to be credible. Ben Simmons at small forward, yep, he's a defender. Uh, You got Covington uh, at at, uh, power forward, yep, also a defender. Yusuf Nurkic has worked hard on his defense, came around again the last part of last year, did great. So yes, that's a pretty solid defensive lineup. Your bench is still pretty thin, and even thinner than because your team's even thinner because the sixers are not going to take just cj for ben there's got to be something else in there so uh you know who knows and that's another question what the blazers have to give and how the salaries work i mean there's a lot of dicey stuff in there but if it can be pulled off yeah i think the blazers do it and by the way i think this is even you might consider a pick swap you know like uh you give up Early picks now, uh, and you get the Sixers picks later. Although the Blazers now can't trade till 2024 because they traded away their 2022. There's stuff in there, but if you can arrange where you give up assets now and get higher stuff later, or better stuff later, and you take on Simmons, I think you do that too for CJ especially.
0: I think we're gonna just have to settle that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on this one. I just don't think this is a move we make, but I I think it's a kind of a moot point in this situation because I don't think it's a realistic possibility. I think there's speculation and there's chitter chatter because. You know, people love to talk about moving Dame, but I don't think that this is a realistic option. And frankly, I don't think trading CJ is a realistic option. I, we've kind of talked about that, but I don't see that trade happening either. It's so. it's more
1: realistic to trade Dame for Ben Simmons than it is CJ, I think, from Philly's point of view. Not from Portland's point of view, but from Philly's point of well, view. Well, because, because, well, I mean, but here's the thing is that Ben Simmons no matter who he is and no matter how he struggled, Ben Simmons changes your franchise in a, a, a demonstrable way. He may not make it a champion, but he changes it. I'm not sure if CJ really changes your franchise. I think he adds, he's nice, uh, he, he will give you stuff, uh, at least, you know, 22 points a game. But I'm not sure he's that franchise-changing player. And Simmons is. And it, it's hard for me to imagine Philly wanting a not franchise changing player for a franchise changing player unless Simmons really just absolutely pitches a fit and they can't get anything else.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I don't think it's a reality.
1: So what's your we'll what, what I mean, you go ahead? You can bring up your move. We have time. This is a slow, you know, this is a slow I don't week know other than if what i we want just to. No? <laughs> I don't I'm know
0: if curious. I want to. you know it's interesting. It's an interesting thing for me, Dave, because sometimes I feel like I can see moves that might be beneficial. I don't like it. Even if it's beneficial, I don't like it. I'm attached. I like these guys. I, I like rooting for them. And the, the thought of, of coming out and saying, hey, I think we should trade this guy. I think we should trade that guy. It gets old for me. And I, I find that this is not really a thing I love. Like, I, I think we've talked about this before. I hate this part of the season. Right. I hate the anticipation. I hate the unknown. I hate this back and forth. Like, I just don't like yeah, it. But the, and I don't, been, you know, we talk.
1: It's been six years. I mean, I can go there with you. I, I kind of agree with that. And I think if anything, people are true t- to trade happy. It's really hard to make a trade that really, really does what you want. Look at all the panorama of trades that the Blazers have made over the years and how many of them were really franchise defining. There's very few. But at a certain point, after half a dozen seasons, which four seasons in the NBA is an eternity, six is an eternity and a half. At some point, you've got to look at changing the fundamental structure if it's not getting you there.
0: I guess for that, me, that banana is black.
1: That banana is like sitting there. It's got to be made into banana bread at some point.
0: I don't necessarily have some whole trade worked out. I just look at the pieces that we have. And I think, sure. I don't think CJ is the one to move. I, I, I don't think that's going to end up doing to me. If there's a piece that you're going to move at this point, oh, I hate this. If there's a piece that you're going to move at that, you guys don't come at me for this. <laughs> if there's a piece that you're going to move in, in all of this, I think it's Nurk. I love Nurk. I love watching him. I love his game. I love his relationship with Dame. I love his relationship with all the guys. I love him so much, and I don't want this to happen. But I think if you're looking at this from the perspective of we have few options, what are we going to do? I think that's the move you make. Now, here's the holdup and part of why I didn't really want to go into it. I don't know what the other side of that is. I don't know where you move him or what you get for him that works for us. So for me, that is, it. It's, it's one of those things, like when my dad, when I was a kid, we've talked before on this podcast about the fact that my dad was a pastor, which you understand clearly. And people used to come and complain about things to him because that's what people do with pastors. Or they'd come and offer something like, hey, I think we should do this, or I, or I think this is a problem. And my dad would say, okay, what's your solution? And if they didn't have a solution, he wasn't dealing with it right then. I feel like that. I feel like I always hesitate to say, well, this is who we should trade if I don't have an answer. Like, I don't have a solution as to what we should do. Like, I'm just I'm and and so to me, I think you when you don't have a solution, you don't do anything. If somebody has some great move with this, I would be interested to hear it because I think the. Dissatisfaction that Nurk expressed at the end of the season, combined with you know some of the other stuff that's going on, there's a part of me that just thinks maybe it's time to make that move. But I don't like it, and I don't want to see it happen. So I don't know.
1: So here's the thing, though, that may add momentum to what you said, even if you don't have a clear target right now. They're going to do it anyway. As I said in a salary cap piece that published today, two days ago, since you're here. Listeners are hearing this. They're going to move to get under luxury tax or so they're going to try. And if they cannot succeed wildly in the first part of the season, they're going to move Nurk anyway. He and Covington are uh, expiring contracts. They can't afford to pay everybody next year unless they get under the luxury tax this year. And Nurkic is on a low contract. He knew it was low when he signed it. And, you know, the Blazers have been fortunate in being able to carry him since then. But he's not going to settle for that anymore. And if he has a bad year, he's going to want, you know, $16 million. If he has a good year, he's going to want twenty. And I don't see the Blazers doing that. So they may face a mid-season thing where they're just dumping him for salary savings anyway. If you can trade him now and you got a good move... That accomplishes what you think you want to do. They should do that. Now, yeah, the problem is, what is that move, and what's better than Nurk, and what doesn't bind you up with more salary? That's the issue. They might as well make the move now because they're going to be doing it in five months. And right. and by the way, again, same with Robert Covington. I don't think the Blazers resign him. Uh, and the, the caveat is, the asterisk is, you know, they get off to, uh, you know, sixteen and four start, and you're going, okay, championship team then there's incentive to keep them. But unless you foresee that happening, if you see the Blazers somewhat over 500 midseason, they're going to have to make some really tough to see de- decisions, or they just let those players go for next to nothing or nothing at the end of the year.
0: I still refuse to even discuss the Robert Covington possibility. I'm not there. I can't mentally handle it. <laughs> so we're not going there, but I would say to those of you listening, if you are one of these people that messes around with the trade thing and whatever, if you have a move, for Nurk, I want to hear it. Tag me on Twitter. This is something that I'm curious about and I want to see just for the fun of it. That's such an ironic statement because nothing about this is fun for me. But I'm, but I'm curious what kind of moves would even be an option. But yeah, that that's my thing. My thing is, and, and I know we kind of did like our Keeper Yeet thing and whatever. We talked about all these things. And I felt some pressure to move some players. I couldn't, you told me I couldn't say keep to all of them. Um, so it, when we did that, I did say yeet CJ. But the more I thought about it, the the more I don't think that's the move. I, I really think that the move is, is NERC. And I know that's controversial, but that's where I'm at. Speaking of, of CJ McCollum, Hoops Hype came out with an article yesterday, I believe, talking about the top 22 shooting guards in the NBA. We had Gary Trent Jr., who obviously is not a Blazer, but recently was, coming in at number 22. We had Seth Curry, who was also a previous Trailblazer, coming in at 21. And then current Trailblazer, CJ McCollum, topping the top 10, coming in at number 7 that's nice to see. I I think again, CJ is one of those guys, especially because he's playing next to Dame that is often underrated. And, and I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm always glad to see him getting some credit for those things. I think this last year, especially he really stepped it up and, you know, I'm hoping to see that continue this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, shooting guard is a really odd position in the NBA now. I mean, it's among the least defined because are you shooting guard or you spare point guard? I mean, and for a lot of teams, it's the latter. There aren't a ton of great shooting guards in the league right now either. I mean, number one was James Harden. I think everyone would acclaim him as the best right now, no matter if you like him or don't. I mean, he is the the paragon of shooting guards right now. Bradley Beal was number two. I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. But CJ is a Bradley Beal-esque player. I mean, uh, and you might argue that some people could say that if CJ weren't playing next to Dame that CJ would be putting up closer to Bradley, Bradley Beal numbers. So it seems like he, he should be higher. And I don't mean that they rated him too low. I mean, number seven as a shooting guard is not the same as number seven as a point guard. And it just feels like there's some weirdness going on in there in terms of the position. And even if you counted all the positions equally, it would mean CJ was around the 35th best player in the NBA maybe but not counting them equally that probably means he's probably the 45th maybe 50th fair and good good to have but also you would look again like he's making 30 33 million 36 million i mean he's being paid like a top 20 player and you know it's just kind of it's just kind of not there this is one of those things it's like it's devilishly hard to rate him and there are certain things that are great about him and you're not sorry that you have him on your team. There are certain things that are just missing compared to other players. And also there's that big contract and it just creates kind of a, a big gray area that he lives in. So yeah, I mean, top 10 shooting guard, great. I would expect him to be. It's a disaster if he's not. Would love to see him earn some clarity uh, that you know he belongs in a higher spot.
0: Yeah, I, I don't like these number games. I just like seeing him with number seven next to his
1: Yeah, as thought Brandon Roy number.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he, you know, I, I think CJ is one of those people that I just really love to watch him play. I love to watch him play. I love him as a person. I think he's a, a wonderful human being, and I really like his game. And I think he's somebody who works hard and has stepped up and improved significantly. And, you know, again, kind of an underdog. He was small. He came out of Lehigh. He's kind of come from this position of being an underdog and really made a name for himself. And I think that that's really cool. I hope that by the end of his career, we see him as an all-star. And I, you know, I hope he goes on and, and continues to to just improve and get better.
1: I mean, he is. Um, he's he's a great CJ McCollum. We say this every time. CJ McCollum is a transcendent offensive player. He is wonderful. If he were in a different era, he would be so revered. So, hey, all credit to him. The problem is he's got some of what the Blazers don't need, like defense, you know, uh, and also like the stuff he does do, a lot of players do, including some on his own team. So there's just this almost a devaluation, which is not fair to him as a person or a player. But it's absolutely fair in light of the roster he plays on and the era and the systems and the whatever that are going on around him environmentally. So, yeah, I mean, it's just hard to judge him.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, again, I think he's a good fit for us. I know that's controversial right now with all these talks going on, but I think we'll see him staying with the team. I would be surprised if he gets traded. I think we'll see him stay. He has, there was also a story about him talking about having a championship mindset. And, you know, I think that this is, this is how I feel. And I love that he said this. So I'm just going to quote him because I think it's better than summarizing. And I want to read the specific thing he said. He said, I think whenever we step on the court, we have a chance to win a championship. If you don't have that mindset and that mentality, then you shouldn't play. That's my mindset. And mentally every year to compete oh and sorry and mentality every year to compete at the highest level to really focus on being the best version of myself as a player to help us win that being said I feel like every year we have a chance to win a championship but in the NBA there's so many things that go into that you need a little bit of luck I personally love this quote from him I say that because, you know, people year after year after year, people say, oh, they don't have a chance. Oh, they don't have a chance. Oh, they don't have a chance. And year after year after year, I said, I always say we always have a chance. There's always a chance until they're out. There's a chance. And until they're out, you can't count them out. And so I love seeing this attitude. I think he's right. I think that's the attitude you have to have as a player, especially in a situation where you don't really have control entirely of, of what team you're playing on. If you go in as a professional player in the NBA and you have the mentality that you are not a championship team, you're not going to be a championship team. And I think that so much about this game is mental, that if you can go in with that kind of mentality, it's going to make you a better player and it's going to make you a better teammate. And so I I like seeing that from CJ.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. What's he going to say? He's not going to say that, you know, we're not going to win it. But the, the part that is most sticking out to me, though, is you need a little bit of luck. The, the Blazers Of course,
0: are, that's the part that sticks out to you. But, <laughs>
1: no, the Blazers, the Blazers are way more than a little bit of luck away from a championship. Way more. Now, also, in your defense and his defense, he can't say that either. He can't say we need to be better constructed or we need I would have been happier if we, we yes, need to, he could. we need to play harder. No, he can't come out and throw his GM under the bus or his teammates under the bus. The
0: GM does it to them.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, you know, the GM does it to the coach. But I would have been happier with we need to really put our nose to the grindstone, we need to play hard. But so this little bit of luck thing, we need to excise that out. If that's all he thinks he's away from a championship they're not going to win one either. And that's as certain as needing to say you can win one before you win one. That's it. I don't it. think Let me that's a- what he's saying, though. That's Le- what he said. Let me ask you this question. I mean, I- Let me, Sorry. go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, I just think, I, I mean, you've heard these guys talk when they've been frustrated and when things haven't gone well about we need to do this better, we need to do this better. I don't think he's delusional. I don't think he's looking at this and being like, yep, we, all we need is a little bit of luck. I, I think his point is like, you as as a team, you go into this with the mentality that you can win and you fight and you do what you can to win, And but there are also things that you don't have control over. There are injuries, there are other te- there are things that you don't have control over and that's where that little bit of luck comes in.
1: Yeah, that's you, my impression. You, you make your own luck though. I mean, I think you can say that if you get to the NBA Finals and win two games or something like that. If you're a first round team, you can't say you need a little bit of luck. Everybody needs oh, a little bit of luck. Though. Yeah, you,
0: but you can can because people get injured there's there's yeah, but minnesota needs
1: a little yeah. bit of luck then i mean carl what? anthony towns is three defensive plays away from being a decent event i mean yeah but that's but, what i'm saying a bit like he
0: he makes he the, the little bit of luck thing makes a solid point you can't you have there's there are things that are out of your control there are things that you do not have control over and those things have to also go well sure but win. that's true think,
1: for every nba team I mean Yeah,
0: of course that's his point. That's but, what he's but, saying.
1: But uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks did not luck their way into a championship. He
0: didn't say it was all luck, Dave. He no, said a little but bit of luck and They tried- had
1: bad things go on too and they still made it.
0: No. No. No, you're missing the point, I think. I think his mindset is absolutely exactly where it should be. I think that you, you do. You go in and you believe that you can win a championship with your team. Put in the work, which they do. You do the things you need to do. You fight until the death, until you are out. And then you hope that everything else falls into place because you can't control the everything else.
1: Okay, I don't disagree with the first part, but <laughs> the second part, like the hope, Screw hope. If hope goes against you, you still win it. That's how you win a championship. But let me ask you this now. Let's pretend now that you, did, you don't like trade stuff or whatever, but we're talking about CJ. And so let's imagine this just uh, in a world. Let's say Damian Lillard is not here next year. Uh, either he okay. asks out, or like aliens abduct him, or whatever happens. He goes play Space Terrible Jam. Game. He goes <laughs> plays Space Jam and saves the universe. But the cost of it is that he has to live on some other planet, and they revere him as a deity. So he cannot play for the Portland Trailblazers. But the world is saved. Good job, Dame. CJ is left. Can you build around CJ? Do you build? Does CJ stay if Dame is not there as the next player that you build around? Yes or no? Or does if Dame goes, then CJ has to go too? Basically.
0: Can you? Yes. I will continue to say that you can. Yes. I- is that what's going to happen? I don't I don't know. I, I don't know what that would look so like. You, but so yeah, you think you that can. the
1: Blazers could build CJ could become Portland's number one option and they could still contend for a championship.
0: I mean, you would have to put strong players around him. You know, when you're talking about you just broke it down and said he's what, the however number person in the NBA, right. player-wise, I think you have well, to, to obviously... According to some
1: artificial ranking, we should say.
0: Right, but, but you have to obviously build an ensemble around him. But I think that that seems to be the case for any championship team. I think C.J. McCollum absolutely 100% can be... A major player in a championship team. Can he yes. be
1: the number one option? Can he be the next Dame-esque person?
0: I don't I don't know that Dame is the next Dame. I mean, that's the conversation we keep having, that we need to put more people around Dame. So I, I don't know that you can make that argument for anybody at this point. I mean, the, the you can't you put a team of nobody and I hate to say that I don't mean it that way because these guys, even the right, worst player professional in the NBA players, is incredible. wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But but you put a team of the wrong players around LeBron James, who is arguably the best player in the NBA right now. And it's not going to be a championship team. So this is not about a one. This is never about one player. One player. But you would say LeBron James
1: is a number one option on a championship team, obviously, because he's he's done.
0: Arguably the number one player in the entire NBA right now. But what I'm saying is people are saying even with Dame right now, like they want to bring someone in who's going to be as good as or nearly as good as Damian Lillard to play with him. So if if even Dame isn't the number one option and he's currently the best player on the team, then the argument would be no. But I think you can build a team around CJ. I just think that you have to put more ensemble players around him.
1: Would you view Ben Simmons in that same category? Like could he be a number one? option on it
0: right now eternity. no I think there's I think there's issues with him that, and it has nothing to do with just his skill I think there are things that I, I think CJ is a leader I don't think Ben Simmons is a leader I think he's a very talented basketball player but I don't think he's someone who can lead a team to a championship I think CJ McCollum everything else aside is the kind of leader that could lead a team to a championship that doesn't always just based on skill alone. I think skill obviously plays a role in that, but I do think that he is the type of leader that could, if you put the right players around him could lead a team.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm not sure that I disagree with that, the leadership and the the maturity and all that. I'm not sure that skills wise and talent wise that you could, build around him sufficiently without exceeding him and making someone else by default the number one which but, is but just
0: because somebody but just because somebody has more skill or, right. or different abilities You're on talking a talking level, leader. doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they'd be the leader right. either so I, I so it. i guess it depends on your definition of building a team around a player because to me that's a whole lot more about who a player is as a leader than it is about skill because I think that I, I, I think there's a difference there sure
1: uh, yeah my thought though in this thought exercise is that CJ does not survive Dame that if you lose Dame keeping CJ is just going to be an expensive way to get worse I don't mean that he's going to make them worse. I mean, he's not enough of a tent pole to hold up the whole circus tent. And so it's going to droop around him, and he'll be good. He'll always be good. But there's going to be no circus going on at that point. So at that point, if you're willing to, at this point, and here's my philosophical point, if you're willing to trade someone after Dame leaves, you should be willing to trade them now. If you think it makes you better either now or in the future, because I don't think that you can bank on this roster staying the same, maybe even past this year. So I think the door is wider open for considerations like that than it was.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think we've talked about the fact that at this point you have to be open to trading anybody who is not named dame although for you even that includes dame it's not my fault that it's even
1: i mean i would prefer to say no i was i was there two months ago but dame himself has changed my mind
0: i'm just saying for me right now you have to be open to trading anyone on this team whose name is not damian lillard i would not be open to trading him i think you have to be open to that, I don't think that means it's the best move. That being said, I think if Dame is no longer a trailblazer, this entire team gets blown up regardless of what we think. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Dame goes and they keep the rest of the players and try to bring some random person in to fill his shoes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is Dame leaves and they blow it up and start over.
1: I I could see them trying to hang on with Simmons and CJ. I can but that's that's one of the few moves where I could see that possibly happening. And it's Thank not you. because I'm a big Ben Simmons stan either. It's just that that's a new wrinkle, a new possibility, a new talent that that they don't have. And then you would think, well, is there, is there a chance that if we really up the defense, and this guy can still score, don't forget that, and you have good enough players in the front court, hey, you know, are you are you in the same spot now, which is everybody saying, well, they're one player away. Are you also not one really good player away with Ben Simmons? Maybe, even though clearly I think Damian Lillard is more of all the things that you talked about than Ben Simmons is. But I think they could make a mental argument that it, they're one they're the same one player away that they would have been with dame that said I, I agree with you though i first of all i don't think simmons is coming second of all i think if dame goes then it's recycled it's control alt delete and and given that again i mean and i think again it's going to happen i think it's going to happen this season in the middle of this season whether you want it to or not so don't I don't be don't be holding back oh dear it's critical it's, it makes so much difference if they get below the luxury tax this year. Oh, yeah, that I think. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. That's right.
1: But, to, but to, you got to understand, to get below the luxury tax, they're going to have to trade major players at this point.
0: Right, right. Well, that's where I think Nurk comes in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Nurk and somebody, probably. And it could be Nurk right. and Covington. But Stop it, that. But it might be it might be <laughs> Nurk and you know Anthony Simons would be another candidate. I mean, that would yeah. be hard. I can't imagine Neil Olshay doing that. But literally, I think the mandate to get below the tax is so Yeah. I get I should have explained it better in my post. It's three out of four years, right? That right. if you're you get repeater taxed if you're three out of four years. Right. And we said right. in the last podcast that it's last year was their empty spot. So if they go into the tax this year, they have to worry about it for two more years straight until those back two years come off. But all they have to do is not get in the tax this year, and then they're immune to it next year because they would have taxed, not taxed, not taxed, taxed if they went next year. See the two in the middle, the two gap years, keep you out of the repeater tax. And actually the year after it would be not tax, not tax, tax, tax. So you still don't hit three out of four as long as they go under the tax this year. So I think, I don't think that's going to be negotiable short of an absolute championship drive that everybody's on board for. I think they're going to go under and I think they're going to trade major players to do it. I I do.
0: I agree. It's going to be something. I wanted to finish that little part with something else that CJ said that I just think is kind of cool he said that he and Damian Lillard have talked about what a championship parade in Portland would look like. And I love this because I just, it takes me back to like being little kids playing on the basketball court and like shooting the game winning shot. And you know, this whole scenario of the crowd going wild and whatever. And like, I kind of picture Dame and CJ as you know, they're grown adult men playing in the NBA, making millions of dollars. And yet they're sitting here having this conversation about what a championship parade in Portland would look like. And I love that. I just think that's so cool. And he said this, he said, we've discussed it in detail on multiple occasions, what it would feel like, what it would look like from down to what car would you take? Are you driving the drop top? Is it a pickup truck? It's something we think about something I think about often whenever I take a drive to the arena, how nice it would be to have that parade. And I just, there's, Something about that that is so endearing. And, you know, I mean, we it's our job to sit here and break these things down and talk about these things and and what and whatnot. And we can do that over and over and over and over. But at the end of the day, man, I want this for them. I want them so badly to get this experience. And I really I, again, I don't know how realistic it is, but I hope that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum get to have it together. And I hope that we get to hear all about it and all about their, you know, what they want their parade to look like. I just, I love that. I love it.
1: Dame will get his, but where is the question? I mean, I believe- Dave! It. I believe Lillard will get a championship, but yeah, obviously- You are killing me! No, I'd love to. I'd love to have them together too, obviously. That would be a dream come through. Oh wait. I just, you know, I wish this had- just wish this were 2017. I wish that they had found this. Of course they would need to have foresight. I mean, Dame had a little. <laughs> he he was he was telling people to draft Donovan Mitchell and they didn't. But uh look, it's it's late. It's late. It's a Hail Mary at this point. And there's no way around that. And it's just hard to hear this knowing that 4 years ago this kind of talk might have made a difference. I don't blame them for not having it. They may have been having it. They may have had it privately with Neil Olshay. Who knows? I don't know that. But I just—it's just a little bit of salt in the wounds now in 2021 to all of a sudden have this rush that should have been going on for the last four years, and yeah. it's sad. Yes. But I do still hope that they—they they get it. Maybe larry nance jr will be it maybe there'll be a big i mean i always hold out hope it's never you never blow out that candle you let it puddle down to wax at the end of the year and then put up a new one next year yeah i mean yay larry nance jr and then another trade
0: The Blazers have announced their schedule. It's a little crazy. The opening game is against the Sacramento Kings on October 20th. That is coming up real quick. We're only, what, um, two months away from that? And there's a lot of madness. Six times this year, they have road trips of four games or longer. There's a lot of big hitters. Uh, it's just, it's it's chaos. There's an article on Blazers Edge you can go read that has all the information, but it sure seems like they always kind of hit the short end of the stick. And Portland is the team that travels the farthest as it is. So that makes it tricky anyway, but it's going to be a season. It is going to be a season. But if you're interested in that, there's articles on, on Blazers edge, talking about the schedules The you know, they've all been the, they've been officially released. You can see where they're playing. You can see who they're playing and see all that. It's looking like we're going to have fans in stadiums for the most part. And I think hopefully it'll be a normal ish season. I know I'm looking forward to going to some games down here. I'm going to try to even get up to Portland and go to a game at some point this season. So
1: Blazer's um, edge Night.
0: I, are we going to do it?
1: Maybe we'll talk if more we about do that it. later.
0: Yeah. If we do, absolutely. I'm, I'm there for that, but it's exciting after the year that we had the last two years that we've had, it's, it's, it's good to see things kind of, you know, slowly, getting to some semblance of normalcy. Although we're in a horrible
1: place right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see it reverse, but let's let's look on the bright side. Well, first of all, the travel thing, that's always going to be a Portland hallmark. They're the most geographically remote team yeah. in the NBA. So if you're in Portland, you're going to travel extra miles. That's going to be the way it is. I mean, they did well on the road last year. Let's hope that they keep that. And they're a veteran team, so they should be okay. I mean, it was the home games that were disappointing last year. Maybe the fans will take care of that. Who knows? But, look, if you want to be good, you've got to master the schedule. You can't let the schedule master you. And the more you Talk about it or the more excuses you make about it or this is hard or whatever, I get that it's hard. You're gonna lose some schedule games. Everybody does. But you can't let that define your season. And you can't depend on those schedule games or you having some freakish streak of whatever it is, good luck or, or schedule fortune or whatever that nobody else has. You've got to go out and say, Don't care about the schedule. Tell me who's in front of me, uh, and I'm gonna beat them yep. and then I'm gonna beat the next person. I remember the Clyde Drexler years. And it's amazing when you're that good. In 1990-91, after they went to the finals the first time and looking at the next season schedule, it's amazing how easy that schedule looked because you go like, there's a win, there's a win, there's a win, there's a win, there's a win. It's like, what's not a win? There are like three road games where you go, that's probably going to be a certain loss and everything else, eh, they might win 79 of these. The Blazers will know they made it when they get there. Here's the other thing though, the other asterisk. How many national TV games this year? And it's dun dun dun. There are almost none. There's like many. half a dozen. Now, part of that is Portland, but actually, that's a decent barometer for Portland. When Portland is getting national TV games, and they did have a fair amount last year, the league thinks they're good, and the networks think they're good. Now, They're not going to get as many as the Lakers, nor the Lakers start on third base with this, and the Blazers have to actually get a base hit. But you know the Blazers are getting a base hit when those games are there. There ain't no base hit this year. Everybody's anticipating that they will be mediocre at best, and there's no reason to put them on TV. That shows you where the Blazers are starting the season. They need to go out and change minds, but they need to get that going soon mentally, emotionally, whatever it is. I mean, I don't believe there's any indicative part of the schedule this year that the Blazers don't have to conquer. They have to conquer the whole thing. But they better not slip coming out the gate because if they start out, you know, 5 games below 500 in their first 20, questions are going to come up. Things are going to start to to shake. Now, they usually pull out of that as we said, Blazer seasons are like a sine wave. But they can't afford that. They need to come out hard and they need to keep the pedal to the metal through most of the year because the weight of what they're carrying right now, especially with Dave, is too heavy to stumble out of the gate.
0: I agree. Those first games are going to be important. The schedule is such an interesting thing because you're right. It really, it has to not matter because there's nothing they can do about it. There's no control there. Like you just have to put your head down and push through and and get it done. So hopefully they can. I would really like to this year. And I haven't even talked to you about this, but I just was talking to somebody the other day about an app that we can use where we can stream the game and have people like in a room with it so that we can all talk about it together. And I think that would be a fun thing to do with the, with the podcast. If we, if we did that, that could be
1: interesting if they end up streaming the games. As now, as of now, Root Sports still doesn't have a real plan for that. That I've heard. Oh, I'd so, have to
0: look into that and see what you can yeah, do
1: about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we could always watch, you know, in a different way, but. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some issues with this broadcast change that it will be interesting to see how they resolve. Now, it's not to say that the Comcast system was perfect either, because there were large swaths of the state who for a long time couldn't see the games. I believe there were still some parts that couldn't see them even yeah. when that contract ended. But Root Sports is not a home run gimme either. So it's right. going to be interesting to see how all of this is handled. But sure, we could sit in and watch a game. If neither one of us have to recap it and we can make snide comments and rainbows and unicorns away, that would be <laughs> awesome. And people I, might even I, get to see Dave and Dia.
0: I'll check into if, if you can do it through League Pass. There, that, there might be a way to do that. I don't know. Or even but if anyway.
1: we're watching League Pass and we open up some you know app that we can all talk, but we're all watching the game off screen. Yeah. That's a possibility too. We'll see.
0: Blazer's Edge, Dave and Dia, watch parties.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: It's mind-blowing how we thought these off-season podcasts were going to be so short. And
1: they
0: ended up being yeah. so. It's We ought to stop talking about food. That's the thing. We, we ought to stop talking about we food. We
1: spent less than three, four minutes talking about food tonight. <laughs> I'm going to eat another burrito tonight, though. Podcast nights have become burrito nights. It says, this week, we recorded before midnight, so it'll actually be a you know, a dinner. dinner instead of like fourth meal or whatever it is right dang you taco bell stupid they still don't have the seven layer burritos but and they keep coming up with new stuff. And Taco Bell brings back, a, I, I just, there was a headline, Taco Bell brings back lost menu items or something like that. And I go, oh, oh boy, maybe it's a seven-layer burrito, want to go, want to go. It's stupid breakfast. I mean, yeah. I... I didn't
0: even know Taco Bell had breakfast. Well, I don't... yeah,
1: exactly. Who cares? I don't. It's weird. You're in desperation if you're eating like fast food breakfast. You must be on a long road trip or something. It's just. I, you know. I
0: i love mcDonald's breakfast i'm not gonna lie it's really it's fantastic why does yeah. that not I
1: surprise like- me what do you like
0: <laughs> pancakes i like their pancakes <laughs>
1: I was gonna say anything with but the, the pancakes because they're totally the sausage. bland. The pancakes, okay, and the, sausage. I don't like like there the eggs
0: doing. and all that stuff, but they're they're three pancakes and they're sausage. I mean, yes. it's not great for you. It's super processed, whatever. I can't right. eat it every day, but I I do I do really like a good and Chick Fil A, which you don't like, but Chick Fil A has good breakfast too.
1: Okay, so here's the deal. I don't know what it is about me and the people I work with, but I work with someone else who she doesn't like any breakfast foods, including all the meats.
0: I don't like to eat breakfast, but I like breakfast foods. Like I'll eat it for lunch or dinner, but I don't like to eat them in the morning. She's
1: literally like, eggs, yuck, bacon, yuck, sausage, yuck. And I'm all like, can I take your, are you human? Is this like some kind of alien, whatever? I think it's like pancakes or something. No, French toast that she likes, but which is, granted, French toast is not bad. Although how do you like eggs and not French toast? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, seriously, does not like breakfast food. Of any sort, I don't. I'm, I'm with you. I don't like breakfast, but breakfast for dinner is just that's amazing. Yeah, hash browns, eggs, you know, waffles, and now I'm hungry. And you know what? I have to go running after this. I can't even eat right away. Dang it! I'll go running uh, and think I mean, about CJ trades.
0: You can, you can go running and think about waffles.
1: That's uh, what I would. Yeah, think that'll about I would help. I, was <laughs> I, I just, mean,
0: I just think it's, someone- That's the only way I can run. That's the only way I can do things like that. Is I need some kind of reward.
1: Okay. So like you need to get in a car and like get a fishing pool and hook a waffle to it and like just drive in front of me and make me run after the waffle. Or crispy cream. <laughs> Krispy Kreme. Okay. Okay. Just okay.
0: The go. grown up version of that is if I finish this run, I can go get myself a waffle. I'm not a grown
1: up. I need someone to dangle the Okay. So look, there was a youth event and it's COVID. Like, you know, we were outdoors and stuff like that. But we I bought like several dozen donuts. Dia, there was a whole dozen left over. So, I got to like take them. They were assorted too. I don't cheap out. I don't go all the like the plane. I get like, give me one of everything and all the dozens. I actually ate a couple. It's like the first bad thing I've eaten in a long time. And I actually ate a couple on the way of taking the rest of the dozen to my kids, which is where they should have gone. Those Krispy Kreme's were good.
0: I'm not a big donut eater. My friend Anthony was out here visiting and we went to eat and he was, he wanted to go get donuts afterwards. That was, he loves donuts. I guess that's a thing. And I, I have another friend that eats donuts all the time for dessert. And it's just such a, like, I'm not a big donut eater. You know, I like we, maple
1: bars. Maple bars are good, but you know what we do? We have an Albertsons, which is a grocery store, Northwest, you right. know, West coast yeah. grocery store. Yeah. Uh, they bought. Safers. I lived in Oregon, Dave. I know these well, things. I'm checking for our listeners though. Oh, okay. Right? So those of you in New York, it's at Albertsons, right? Grocery store. And the one by our house, has a day old section which many do but this thing is usually really well stocked so i will take my daughter because my daughter loves stuff like that and we will get like a dozen donuts for two bucks and they're good donuts and it's like that's my happy place it's like you know and i know nutrition and all that but you know the kids have been through enough and it's just like it's so fun hey Let's go get Dale. That makes everything better. It's like yay! So donuts and you know pastries and stuff. Sometimes cookies. They, oh, they have big cookies, like jumbo snickerdoodle cookies that are soft and gooey and probably four hundred calories. a cookie. we can't, we can't,
0: we can't do but, this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need five meals after this podcast.
1: Exactly. We made you all hungry. So anyway,
0: oh.
1: the snickerdoodle cookies are the Damian Lillard of cookies. They're awesome.
0: Now you want to know the Damian Lillard of cookies? Go sure. look up the Cookie Crate. On you can look it up on social media. They have a website. They're based in Tennessee. They will mail you a box of cookies. It's my friend's company. I have literally never tasted a cookie that good. And I am a big fan of cookie. I am a cookie connoisseur. Okay. Wait a minute. I gotta write this down
1: because Christmas, like or birthdays of my daughter. And it's it's
0: literally the best, it's the best gift because they'll come in the mail and they're fresh. They're all and you can freeze them if you want to, and they, they thaw out really well. The cookie crate. I highly recommend the whipped cream cookie. I recommend the eighty beer cookie. Um, the eighty and I really
1: beer cookie.
0: Eighty beer, yes. Like they make eighty it, beers. They make it with a local beer, and you can't. It doesn't taste like beer, but it's delicious. And I highly recommend the Oreo birthday cake cookie as well. Those are my three favorites. I think if I had to pick,
1: no, um, I'm, I'm okay. definitely gonna get those for my daughter for for a birthday because oh, that would so be good. so awesome. Yeah, They're now so good. look, it's the Oprah. It's the Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite things. Yeah. Cookie for you and a cookie for you. Okay. Cookie all right. For you.
0: I'm so sorry for all of you who listen to this for Trailblazers because we have once again gone off the rails. Well, we but... said the
1: Damien Lillard of Cookies. We tied it in.
0: Okay, that's a stretch, but okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if it's my daughter's birthday, I don't want the CJ McCollum of cookies. I want the Damien Lillard of Cookies.
0: <gasps> Dave Okay, we're done. We're done. We just need to stop this now.
1: CJ's more into wine anyway. He probably doesn't need. Dave, cookies. Have you had CJ's wine yet? No, you no. don't drink. Yeah, um, I haven't either. Sorry, CJ. I'm not a much of a wine person, but I would take a use of Nurkic beer. Oh, oh my gosh. This is just- How about Anthony Simon's like something? That's got to be rum. <laughs> We should. We could match up cocktails. We could match up cocktails to blazers. That would be pretty easy. All right, if you're doing that, Thanks. do it in the comments. In the comments, we'll watch for we're, blazers cocktails for Dio who fired. doesn't drink. <laughs> Did you fire me again? This is like the third time.
0: I said- I said we're fired. Oh, you're going
1: to? Okay. All right. For Dia Miller, I'm Dave Deckard. Enjoy your cookies, cocktails, waffles, chicken, Mexican food, and trailblazers. We will see you oh. next week.
0: A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley She can it. Boom! Shakalava. The crowd is on its feet Ludi Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!